0: Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Frequent Criers Club podcast. I am joined by the lovely Julia, as always. Hi everybody. And today we are doing the second part of our vulnerability episode. So today we get a little bit more into grief, loss, and sort of the timelines that people put on those types of emotions and feelings. So this is a really great episode. I'm I'm really proud of it, and we hope that you guys enjoy it.
1: Okay, enjoy.
0: There was something that I wanted to bring up about vulnerability and I wonder if we can like unpack it a little because Mm -hmm. it's something that I experienced a lot. I think when I was younger, like I would say grade 12, like I would say 17, 18 was kind of like the time when I was experiencing this. Hard times. (laughs) Hard times. And honestly, even like 16 too. So I was a very like, I was a very like secretive person about the things that were going on with me internally um and even like external issues that I was dealing with that other people couldn't necessarily see do you know what I mean which is fair which is which is fair but I was very secretive and I don't know if this is a way that like strength is portrayed in the media or in movies or just like
1: that's a good point
0: I or it's even like if somebody had a you know like something really really terrible happened to them mm-hmm. um like they struggled with an eating disorder or they lost a family member or a pet or something like that and if they didn't cry or if they didn't like see if they didn't if it didn't seem to be affecting them and they were able to just go on with their life yeah. people were like oh my gosh that person is so strong yeah. and so my perception of strength was basically like just being able to move through anything even yes my perception of strength was like being able to move through anything and like putting the past in the past and just being like stoic almost
1: yeah
0: and like I don't know if you've ever felt that have you ever felt that like that strength was sort of like rigidity or emotionless in some way
1: yeah because I think I've always been a really sensitive person like I cry cry as well so easily especially if I see other people I really love crying like game over yeah <laughs> I'm, anytime I'm yeah <laughs> anytime I cry and it's not yeah. like it's not like a. I'm not trying to make it about me but it's just like it just like really like even talking about it like makes me feel like I could cry now because yeah. it's just like I don't I hate to see the people that I love struggling um but I think in high school it kind of got to the point where I was like okay I feel like when I'm crying when I'm, when I'm like expressing emotion in this sense, like it is a sign of weakness and I don't want to be doing this around other people. And I think I still hold a little bit of those habits is that like, I just have to, yeah, I just have to kind of like stonewall, like I have to just move through my life, um, and not really express that things bother me. And I think that that hinders your communication because then I had some situations in high school where friends would do something to me and I thought strength would be like just pushing through it. When, And obviously there'd get to a certain extent where I would know I had to have a conversation about it, but I thought initially it would just be pushing through it and not saying to somebody like, this really hurt me. Like it, I really feel like I need you to support me more in the future. Right. And I think that hindered my communication. It made me feel like it wasn't okay for me to be vulnerable with the people that I was like, quote unquote, close to. Um, I still think around certain people, like I feel really uncomfortable crying and it's not even like, and these are people that I'm close to. Like, I just don't like to cry around people. Like, I'm fine crying around you. I'm fine crying around some other people in my life. But um, I think I just felt like it was wrong to express those emotions because I was showing that the situation was getting the best of me. Definitely. When now we both have a very different attitude that, like, if you can express emotion, if you can cry, if you can have a conversation with somebody about why something bothered you, like that is a really strong thing to do definitely like crying like we've said before crying is catharsis it's good for you it helps you to get through difficult situations Mm -hmm. um and if you don't want to cry you can do like or if you can't yeah
0: i actually have like a few friends that cannot cry or haven't cried in like years yeah
1: wow so like there's just there's a lot of ways to get out stress like whether it's like exercise deep breathing whatever it is for us it's crying definitely and That doesn't mean you're weak. Like, those are effective ways of dealing with your emotions Mm -hmm. and your problems so you can face them better, which I think we acknowledge now. Definitely. Yeah.
0: And one interesting thing about crying, because I actually know a few friends that hate to cry and they hate Mm -hmm. to feel, like, those feelings of sadness. But one interesting thing about crying, and I actually learned this from a Brene Brown podcast um, with Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Such a good The authors of Burnout. Did I say their names right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. So... They said in their in the podcast with Bernie Brown, they said if you're crying and you like can't stop crying, focus on the tears, focus on the sensation of what mm-hmm. crying feels like, rather than the thing that's making you cry. Yeah, because that will make you stop crying a lot faster, and it'll make you. It's actually like a way of being more mindful yeah. in that experience, and it'll calm you down if you're st- sort of starting to get to that point where you're you're like, you know, the like up to the brim of like yeah. uh, like I can't take this, but. Yeah, I think that idea of like vulnerability as a strength is so important because I thought for the longest time that I really just had to like keep things to myself and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that with like maybe having a few trusted confidence that you like say things to but I think it is important to like let people know what you're going through and it doesn't make you weak if you're not quote unquote over something that yes, there's a perception that like you should be over or like,
1: yeah,
0: p- for example, like relationships, even mm-hmm. um, somebody goes through a breakup and it's been like six months and they're still thinking about this person. Like, and they're like, fuck, like, why am I not over this? Like, why am I not over mm-hmm. this thing? Like, I should be over this. Who's telling you you should be over this? Yeah. Where did we get these perceptions that you need to just be over things?
1: Well, I think it's really interesting because I think a lot of people, project in a public space that they're over things faster than they are and it's a it's a defense mechanism like you're trying to you're trying to portray that you're strong we all want to be um like kind of portray the person that we want to be but um a book that you read I maybe like last year and also shared with me um was on grief and grieving and beautiful by elizabeth kugler ross correct yeah and david kessler, kessler i think, I yeah, think david so. kessler we'll yeah. link it in the show notes but basically they wrote this they study grieving Mm -hmm. and they wrote a book basically talking about all these different types of grieving how everybody grieves differently and it's not saying that like you don't need to grieve or anything like that it's really just talking about our individual differences and they're saying that like yeah somebody might be going back to work going about their daily life it might seem like they're fine and maybe they are but also maybe they're not and that's completely fine and it's just really important to be mindful of the fact that we are all so different like we all look different so why would we not be different emotionally as well like we all have different chemical makeup right so um i think yeah you just need to be compassionate with yourself but also yeah like if you want to get over something then maybe look into therapy or try to talk about it with a friend right um i actually think therapy is another really interesting kind of component of being vulnerable.
0: Definitely. And so actually, so about On Grief and Grieving, to sort of yeah. like jump on that, mm-hmm. my therapist actually said to me, she said, people like to put timelines on grief yeah, and they like to put timelines on grieving. And that is so true. People like to put timelines on everything. Yeah. They look to put timelines on like goals and like things they want to achieve and yeah. you know like this is the timeline of when I'm going to be happy and this is a timeline of when I'm going to meet the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Yeah. People put timelines on life yeah. and they especially do it with things that are hard. They do it with like okay I feel so so bad now but like in two months like this is going to be fine and I'm going to be better and it's going to be okay. Yeah. And externally people do that with with grief. They say Oh well, this person's family member died, you know, a year and a half ago. They're fine, or they're they're okay now. Like they seem like they're okay. Mm-hmm. You have no idea, like what this person is is well, is going through, and and there's no timeline on grief, really, in in my opinion. Like
1: yeah. it's an
0: ever it's it's you always I think hold and you always hold space for I think like the things you've lost and the things you've been through, even if it's not like a death. Like you always hold space
1: for that. And I think a really good anecdote to speak to what you were just saying is, so I know somebody who lost their father in 2013, which is like, like eight years ago, basically. And like, they're still grieving.
0: Of course.
1: And, And there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. And like...
0: And there's also like, I don't know why this is like turning into a grief episode, but (laughs) the five stages of grief too, people expect, people think that grief is linear. I also want to add, you don't have to have lost somebody to be experiencing grief. So Brene Brown and David Kessler, who's the co-author of this book, he actually came onto her podcast, stunning episode, like insanely beautiful yeah um but he he spoke about the collective grief that we all experienced this year with the pandemic and the fact that we like lost so much we were all experiencing collective grief as a society so grief is is an emotion that's associated with death but it's not necessarily death like you can grieve a relationship you can grieve a friendship lost a breakup you can grieve um moving, moving houses. Right. And like like, moving like countries and and your life changing, like you can grieve any, any painful experience. Um, you go through, I think feelings of loss and grief. So the five stages of grief, people always like to like think of them as linear. Mm -hmm. And they think of it as this process that you just go through. And once you're through denial, then you move on to, I don't even know what the next one is. I can't think of it. Yeah. But basically you're moving like one, two, three, four, five. And then you're done. And when you're through, like you're fine. Um, And yeah, you move through these stages and it's like, you'll go, you'll start in one and then you'll go to three, then you'll go back to two, then you'll go to five, then you'll go to four, then you'll go back to one. Like, it's not this like one, two, three, four, five that people think it is.
1: And they, they like explain that very clearly. Very clearly. This happens a lot with science, especially psychology. Yes. Is people, like like lay people, which is basically just anybody who's not an expert in the topic, will come across a psychological con- construct and they'll basically like they'll try to understand it in the way they can and there's nothing wrong with that and it is powerful to like enjoy psychology and do your own research but sometimes you're not fully understanding the nuance of something and i think this has really happened with the five stages of grief people and a lot of different like media outlets portray the five stages of grief as linear as like check off one go on to two and then once you're five at five you've graduated you're done like you shouldn't be grieving anymore yeah but they're trying to convey in this book that it's not a linear process. You could cycle back through it again and again and again. You could maybe 10 years later have an incidence where something reminds you of the death of a loved one or the totally. some sort of event and then you start grieving again, right? Yeah. So it's just really important to understand that it's okay to feel hard emotions and it's okay to be vulnerable like yeah. feeling hard emotions does not make you weak it makes you vulnerable and Definitely. that's and that's completely fine and i know to a lot of people those two things are synonymous yeah but i think by being vulnerable about a difficulty that you're having then you can become stronger like i don't yeah. think you you are weak if you you're are not expressing something that you are struggling with and like moving on to the therapy piece um so both of us go to therapy Yep. and even like saying that is kind of vulnerable to it me because really when I first started, especially like maybe it's been about a year, I was really embarrassed about it and yep. like, not like it's anything to be embarrassed about, but I just felt like, I think I just felt like this is not something I didn't think I would do in my life because I always saw therapy as like a really drastic measure. Like I always felt like, oh, I don't need therapy enough. Like it's fine. It's fine. But the pandemic was really making my anxiety very bad yeah and i knew that i needed to talk to somebody and like deal with it otherwise it was going to keep being a really pervasive issue in my life and at the beginning it was really hard to open up to a therapist and be vulnerable about things like that because essentially you're telling somebody who's a stranger like the deepest feelings that you have right and i think that's why it's important to build a trusting relationship um with the people in your life if therapy is accessible for you because like, we we're both so grateful to be able to go to therapists. We know, it's, we know it's ridiculously expensive. It is. And definitely, like, a huge privilege. But if it is you, something you have to be vulnerable definitely. about.
0: And if you have access to it, like, please go to therapy. And, like, yeah. I don't even care if you don't think that you have anything quote unquote wrong that you need to like go see a therapist about. I believe absolutely every single person can benefit from therapy. Like every single person. Yeah, it's Uh, about maintenance. Definitely. And it's just about understanding like we all have, we're humans and we all in the human experience, we all experience painful things we all experience patterns that are unhealthy for us we've all been through things that would be so beneficial to talk to a professional about mm-hmm. because at the end of the day like that is someone who's actually going to be able to like really give you solutions and really help you um yeah. you know and help support you and so I think like yeah be be vulnerable and and look into that if it's something that's accessible for you and you don't have to have anything quote-unquote wrong with you to go to therapy like there's mm-hmm. some perception that like you need to be like mentally ill or
1: like you need to have some type of like illness or, or like massive loss yes. in your life like some like really like Tragic. life-shaking experience yeah but can I just say like going through a pandemic is a huge life-shaking experience really and if you you don't need one but if you feel like you need some sort of excuse like you don't like the pandemic is like a huge thing for you to go Definitely. through like be kind to yourself understand how like crazy this past year has been insane it's been it's been so difficult right it's been like a really difficult year and both you and i have really benefited from being able to talk to a professional we've learned a lot of really good techniques like when we were saying in a previous episode thoughts aren't facts like that's something that my therapist said to me and that i found immensely helpful in my life right because then when i'm struggling with different things um or as an example like if i've just been vulnerable with somebody and i'm starting to overthink the situation like maybe they thought i was too dramatic or maybe they thought this was like incorrect or whatever i just tell myself like thoughts aren't facts if it was an issue that person could talk to me about it but like otherwise i can't just drive myself into worry constantly ruminating over something right so um yeah i know therapy isn't accessible to everyone so that's why i am a little bit wary of like I do highly recommend it if you can afford it. Yeah. Um, but I understand so many people can't. And I think there are really good resources. There are. Like, even just going on Reddit and, like, there's different pages where people share things that they've learned from their therapist. There's different, like, threads on Twitter or, like, resources there's online.
0: Definitely YouTube videos, too, of, exactly. like, therapists. Like, I know that there's, like, uh, DBT therapists and CBT, CBT therapists who, like, do whole series. Dialectical on...
1: behavior therapy and cognitive yeah. behavioral, behavioral therapy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they will do whole series on, like, how to practice, like, the different steps of these therapies yeah. and things like that. So I would totally recommend doing that because I do believe, like, it is inaccessible, but there is ex- accessible resources for everybody that everyone mm. could bene- benefit from. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, definitely, like, therapy's huge. Um, and it de- definitely does help you be vulnerable and, and learn things, learn important things about yourself.
1: I also feel a lot more... Um, like emotionally intelligent since I started doing therapy because it's forced me to be more aware of kind of like the my emotional processes. Like even the other day, um, I started crying, and Grace says to me, <laughs> "Can you um, can you verbalize what you're feeling right now?" <laughs> Which is such like a it's such like a therapy response, yeah. right? Um, and I did like I like said to her like this is how I'm feeling, and I think um, there's like. That was, like, a a moment where I was being vulnerable because I was kind of telling you, okay, like, telling you, okay, this is something I'm self-conscious about, and this is why. And, like, you were able to help me through it. Yeah. But I think you have the um, skills to ask me that question, and I have the skills to respond to that question effectively because, like, of the personal research you and I do, but also because of, like, therapy and the way that we are vulnerable with each other. Um. Yeah. And our our relationship has become – I mean,
0: we've always had a great relationship. Yeah. I've never – like Special. Special, but, like, we've never had, like, you know, we've never had, like, any, like, really issues in our friendship. But I've noticed that, like, we've gotten so much closer and so much more, like, connected with each other. Yeah. Like, because of the fact that we've been vulnerable and open. Yeah. And it's it's really amazing to just, like – be able to have that experience. It's such a
1: huge comfort. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also just nice to be able to talk to somebody. Like, to like, I think both of us are just really good at expressing ourselves and mm-hmm. saying how we're feeling. Um, and also just being real with each other. Because yeah. I think sometimes, like not like we've had an issue like this in our friendship, but sometimes people are not good communicators and they get upset and they don't communicate how they're feeling. And a lot of people might interpret that as, oh, well, this person's just ridiculous. Like they're so selfish. They don't care about us at all. But I think we try to kind of look beyond that um, and just kind of say like, okay, like maybe why is this person acting this way? And sometimes it's because they're being ridiculous. But sometimes it's because, this person is going through a really hard experience in their life. Sometimes it's because this person is like self-conscious about something. Like, so I think it's, it's not a bad thing to ask people, like, how are you actually feeling? And it's funny because we were taught this in, in our like university orientation leader program is like, but like, how are you really doing? Because it's such a habit for us to ask each other, like, how are you? Good? Because I catch myself saying good when I'm decidedly not good. Right. And it does take vulnerability to say, like, I'm not doing good right now. And if I'm close with somebody and they ask me how I'm doing, I don't... Like, I will be honest. I will say, I'm going through a really hard time right now. Um, And then I have a conversation with that person yeah. about how I'm doing. And it's kind of, like, a scary thing to say. And I think people sometimes get a little bit self-conscious. Like, oh, am I being a downer or whatever? Like, if people really care about you, you are not being a downer. Definitely. I, like, within reason. Obviously, if you were dumping on somebody consistently... um you maybe do try to look into what you can do for yourself, other resources that you can explore, but you need to, like, it's not, if somebody truly cares about you, you are not a burden. Definitely not. Yeah.
0: Definitely not. And I also, like, there's a few things you said there that I really liked, but I think, first of all, the aspect of, like, us connecting to each other and us being able to be really open with each other, it's okay if you, first of all, don't open up to people or you don't yes. feel comfortable doing that. That's yes. totally fine. It took us and a long time to get it. It did. And it's also okay if you don't have somebody that you feel like you can
1: do yeah. that with. I can actually speak to that. Cause I think Yeah. Um I think when I was younger I had I think I honestly just had bad luck with some of the relationships that yeah. I had with people. No, you were just a bitch. Uh. <laughs> yeah
0: I'm over it no you did you had bad luck I had really
1: bad luck with some of the relationships I had in my life and I got to a point where yeah I did look around and I was like well all right like it's literally like I don't have anybody aside from my family to connect with and that wasn't like it wasn't like a fault of my own like it wasn't because I had done anything major like it was literally just it got to the point where I realized like Some of my, like, some certain ones of my relationships had changed because Mm -hmm. this was, like, the transition from from high school to university. Some of them had changed, and some of them I had to cut out because they weren't good for me, right? And it is a really, really hard feeling. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I've, it's just, loneliness is, the like, one of the worst feelings. It is. There's a Brene Brown episode about that. So good. Yeah. And, like, I really recognized, like, okay, I don't really have a f- like solid foundation of people to confide in so that really forced me to kind of analyze the relationships that I had in my life and figure out how I could form more solid relationships like the traits that I could look for in other people because I've always been so fortunate to have a really supportive family and I've always been able to confide in them but then sometimes like my friendship relationships they like I've had times where I haven't had good friends to confide in. And I think that really taught me to be more picky about the people that I wanted to spend a lot of time with, the people that I wanted to confide in. Like, um, I think I used to be also, I would try to kind of like, like we were saying before, like I would just try to act like strong and like cool, like whatever, this doesn't bother me. Like I wouldn't address a problem when it happened. um, So then I would stay in relationships that weren't good for me. And by staying in those relationships that weren't good for me, I wasn't strengthening other relationships that were. And it got to the point where I was just looking around thinking like, like this needs to change. (laughs) And now I do think that I, I, I look around and I have people that I can confide in. And it like, I think it's a reminder that like you get through anything. Like if, if, if something feels really hard right now, like if you are looking around and you don't have somebody to confide in, that's not forever. No, you will have people, but like, I'm not going to lie to you. It does take work.
0: It does. It does take work. It takes
1: work to find really solid friendships because obviously, like, there's always going to be people around you. It was never like, oh, I didn't have anybody to talk to, but it was like, I don't have people that I feel really comfortable confiding in. Yeah. But, like, you will get there because as life changes, like, you may move, you may go to a different school, you may try a different job. Like, there's going to be all these different changes in your life that are going to bring new people. And you do need to put work in, but be selective about who you're interested in. Like, I found it really helpful to. Take my journal and like write down um the traits that I really valued in myself, the traits that I really valued in friendships. And then that kind of helped me to really like think about the relationships that I wanted. Definitely. And I do want to bring up the
0: piece as well of obviously in your situation, it's like you said, you had really bad luck and that just led you to like having bad friendships. Mm-hmm. However, I think some people, you need to take responsibility for yourself. Yeah. I need <laughs> to understand that you have like. For example, I've been really badly hurt by people who are really just, like, dealing with their own shit. Yeah. I believe that all people, and this is, like, a little, maybe a little bit controversial, but I believe that most people are inherently good or Mm. are inherently, I don't believe that humans are, like, malicious.
1: Yeah. I don't think people are born I, malicious I or evil. Yeah.
0: Um, but I do think that like things happen to people and there's trauma that people don't deal with and then they end up like carrying that with them and then that's projected onto other people and they mm-hmm. hurt other people because of that. And I've been really badly hurt by people who haven't dealt with their own trauma and yeah. have then put that on me. And that fucking sucks, and that's why I think it's so important to like deal with your shit. Like yeah. deal with your shit. Do some self-reflection and figure out, like, why can't I be vulnerable with this person? Why can't I, like, uh, for example, date this person? You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Is it this past trauma with my relationship or is it that I just don't like this person? Do you know what I mean? Or I just don't want to be with this person. And, like, people end up, like, playing games or being cruel to other people because of this just, like, pent-up trauma that they've bottled up and haven't dealt Mm -hmm. with.
1: Um, and mostly that's for you. If you have pen trauma and you're not dealing with it, it, it honestly, the person that is hurt the most by that is you for sure. And like, again, like we've just talked about, like therapy is not accessible to everyone. You don't necessarily, like, you don't necessarily need therapy. Um, I think like we said, you can use a lot of resources online. You can talk to people in your life. Um, but that's just why it is like so, so important to let yourself be vulnerable even if it's just with yourself like if you're constantly running into situations where you are recognizing that you can't get past um you can't get past something that's happened in your past or you can't get past like kind of like a pattern of behaviors then ask yourself about it and try to like I know like so much easier said than done I know everybody has their own issues but like what would happen if you just try to be vulnerable like if you just try to push yourself because sometimes i like to think of like okay what's the absolute worst case scenario that can happen here and okay if it is really bad don't do it but like if it's okay the worst case scenario that could happen here is as an example i ask this person out and they say no exactly that's like and maybe you've had relationships in the past before where you've had trust issues i know those are so hard to overcome but like what the worst that could happen is they say no okay I can handle a no like I can deal with it and then you try it and because especially with things like anxiety and fear if you keep avoiding something you are telling your brain that this is something that you should be scared of so by doing little things that scare you like and it doesn't need to be all at once you can just take a super small step then you are teaching yourself that like you are safe and you are fine that it is okay to do these things As long as they are actually safe. Like, don't do anything that's dangerous. Or No, I agree. But, like, if it is literally just, like, asking a new friend if they want to go to the library with you or something like that, just try it. If they say no, it's fine. Like, you'll grow up and be stronger.
0: Yeah. And honestly, like, I think it is a really good test of... Like, I think it's a really good test of whether or not you want this person in your life or not too. Like, for example, that person that I was talking about at the beginning who said that they didn't have the mental capacity to deal with my shit, basically. Yeah. We're not friends anymore. Like, we don't talk. And that's okay. It was really hard at the time. But then I looked back on it and I was like, oh, my God. That was such a terrible thing to say to me in that moment. And, it, like... Even, like, the context behind, like, what I had told them makes it even worse. Like, it's just, like, it was really, really yeah, bad. Yeah. And I realized that it's so good not having this person in my life because they have trauma that they haven't dealt with. And, like, I don't need to take that on. I really don't. That's not my job.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And we've said this in so many episodes. Cut out anybody from your life who is not serving you. A hundred percent. If you can. It's not always that easy. hmm But you do not need to, like, you don't owe anybody anything, right? Like, you do not owe somebody staying in a relationship if it's not, if it's being really difficult for you to endure, right? So, life is all about self-preservation. Little reminder, be vulnerable with the people that you know you can trust, and if somebody betrays your trust, then you really do have to consider, like, what do I want to do moving forward? Mm -hmm. Have a conversation with that person. Maybe you do have to cut that person out of your life, or just they're not going to be somebody that you confide in anymore. Um it's just like it is really important to honor yourself and to like understand that the things that you are going through are valid. Um and the people around you that are close to you should want to support you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we can move into some try something news. So, Grace, what are you thinking we should try for this week?
0: My try something new for this week is do something that scares you. That is safe. I like that.
1: Yeah, that is safe.
0: <laughs> like, don't, like, jump off a bridge. Don't, yeah, don't do
1: something that's, like, yeah, be safe, Don't please. do something that's,
0: like, unsafe,
1: but do yeah. something
0: that scares you a little.
1: Yeah, and that could be, like, like we said, like, reaching out to somebody that you want to become closer with. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, like like us when we made the podcast that was so scary scary. that was such a vulnerable thing when we first started it Mm -hmm. and but like how much like that's been it's been such a rewarding experience it's been an experience that brought that's brought us closer um so I completely agree um my try something new this week is another kind of journaling thing but I think it is really important to think of the values that you have and think of the values that you want in friendships and try to write down those values yeah, and then try to use them almost as like a little guideline for either making new relationships or determining which of your the people in your life are the ones that you want to confide in yeah love it amazing okay
0: well thank you all so much for listening
1: We really appreciate
0: it. Always so appreciated. So if you enjoy this episode, please give us a follow on Spotify, a follow on Apple Podcasts, and also a rate and review on Apple Podcasts because that really helps us out
1: and well, also, i would actually appreciate that so much yes little truly. forehead kisses for everybody that yes. kisses that <laughs> podcast. it gives you. us so
0: much external validation which we crave <laughs> um but yeah and then also if you enjoy the episode please recommend it to friends and family yeah. um especially if you think that this could this episode could help them out yeah so, yeah thanks everyone okay bye guys bye everybody